Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. From the scripture of great wisdom. In the mind of the Bosatsu who is truly one with wisdom great, the obstacles dissolve, and going on beyond this human mind, he is nirvana. All the Buddhas true of present, past, and future, they are all because upon great wisdom they rely, the perfect and most high enlightenment. How do I decide when faced with a hard choice. When confronted with what seems an impossible decision, what do I do? How do I find my way when I'm between a rock and a hard place? Life is full of decisions. It could even be said that life is just one choice after another, moment to moment. We exercise our will in this way throughout life on a number of levels. There are the every moment examples on the level of what clothes to wear and what food to eat. There are the more significant turns we take, like which job to take or to leave, or what school to attend. And then there are the more profound, such as how to be true to my heart's deepest wish, or whether now is the time to switch off a ventilator.
When the way ahead is rough, however you choose to go, when there's just no way around it but to go through it, it really helps to go forward with eyes open. Eyes open means that I see clearly what is and respond as needed. Eyes open means factoring in the unexpected and unknown while still doing what needs to be done. Reverend Master Jiu called this the kaleidoscopic mind, which she defined as that state of mind that flows, adapting to every situation, responding accordingly, and holding on to and discriminating against nothing. This definition of hers is far from what she called magical thinking, when the mind tosses up exactly what I want to hear, out of habit or for my personal comfort, and I delude myself. When I latch on to whatever advice seems to align with my preferences. When the mind suggests it was meant to be, or there's just no way out of it, or some similar convenient way to convince myself of an imagined reality. Time after time, as I travel along life's path, I come to a crossroads or a fork in the road. What do I do at such times? In Buddhism, our intention is to live in such a way as to cease from doing harm. Yet the truth of karmic consequence is such that, with any selection I make, whatever I decide, there may be an outcome which involves suffering. Am I willing to accept that possibility? Can I live with the results of my actions? Am I willing to recognize that whatever I do, I cannot know for sure what may come of it? Stark as this may seem, the alternative to all acceptance may be much worse. Consider the consequences of pretending it isn't so, of fooling myself that it isn't what it is. When faced with a decision, it can seem obvious that I must now go either left or right, straight ahead or not move. Rarely, in fact, is this the whole truth. And even when my choice really is either or, when I'm darned if I do and darned if I don't, always... It is up to me as to how I proceed within the conditions which present themselves. Even when I can't change conditions, I can choose how I face them.
The story goes that while she was training with him in Japan, Koho Zenji asked the young Reverend Jiu how many sound moves she felt she could make playing chess. After reflecting, she replied, Two. Really? the old master responded. I myself can make only one sound move at a time. When facing a quandary, it can help to see a decision more as a deciding process than as a single choice point. Deciding rather than making a decision. Engaging with this process can require a great deal of honesty. It asks that I be fully present in each moment and radically honest with myself inside that I not try to hide from unpleasant truths, even when they make me squirm. The process of wise discernment asks of me an openness, openness to possibility, to the unfamiliar, openness to acceptance of what is, whatever it is. In the course of navigating uncharted territory, I must stretch. When picking a path where the known is exceeded, it helps to take refuge in something bigger than myself. It helps to ask for help and to trust what we know to be the source of great wisdom. As we follow this inner intuitive path, it's not to say that we become impractical, that there aren't logical things we can do, like gathering data or considering pros and cons, asking questions and weighing options and the like. Such things may be very useful, and they may provide information which helps illuminate the way forward. They are part of keeping the eyes open. And still, ultimately, in life, we do rest in something greater than ourselves, which moves and flows. Some call it great compassion. Some experience it as great love. Some would define it as great wisdom. It's available to all of us. It's at work tirelessly behind the scenes at all times, seen or unseen, trusted or consulted or ignored. When a difficult choice looms before me, do I see it as an obstacle, a challenge, a burden? Do I wake dreading the day? Do I meet what's next with wonder? For some, just moving through the landscape of living can seem perilous. For others, living is a piece of cake. And for some, life is a grand adventure. What is my approach?
Eyes open honesty can mean getting to know myself during ordinary times. Getting to know my habitual ways and working to smooth out my ruts as they reveal themselves in the little things. Then, when the significant or profound life decisions hit, I'm not a stranger to myself. When I'm not a stranger to myself, it's easier not to fool myself, not to delude myself. The brain, bless it, the brain offers solutions. It's what it does on all its many levels. The solutions generated by the brain may be complex or they may be primal, depending on the situation, depending on my experience. Brain-based responses tend to see everything as a problem to solve and to work first towards self-preservation, which is only natural. There is a deeper path which is also natural. The noggin is not the only option with its either-or approach. The brain can help. It's a wonderful, efficient processor generally, just as the emotions can help, as how I feel about what's before me is an important indicator of the terrain I'm facing. Also, listening to the body is vital, as it has a somatic wisdom all its own to offer in the equation. But all these factors alone aren't the only ones available. Intelligence, emotion, and physical senses. There is so much more to be drawn on as I move through the process of deciding. There is the third position, the seeing that is beyond the opposites, the inner eye which opens to endless kaleidoscopic possibility. Whatever decision I am facing, I am not alone. Many factors may be at play. The urgency of the situation, for example. Maybe I need to act fast. And maybe it only seems as if I do. Maybe I have the bigger picture. And maybe there's a part of the bigger picture that I'm missing. Whatever the circumstances, within their unfolding, it can help to recall my inherent knowledge that the universe is bigger than me, that it is benevolent, and that I can take refuge. In the mind of the Bosatsu who is truly one with wisdom great, the obstacles dissolve. And going on beyond this human mind, he is nirvana.
What does it mean to take refuge? The word refuge implies protection from onslaught. When we say refuge in Buddhism, it refers to the three refuges of Buddha Dharma and Sangha. Taking refuge in Buddhism means my willingness to turn my heart around, to turn my heart towards something more expansive than my small self. Buddha means wise one or awakened one. It is the historical Buddha and also the cosmic Buddha and also the Buddha nature directly accessible within each of us. Dharma means the wisdom of the Buddha's teaching and Sangha means the collective wisdom of those who turn to the teaching for refuge. So how to find shelter when the storm rages? Where is my safe haven when the way ahead seems impossible, when I'm torn and weary and feeling small? This is actually when refuge is most welcome. Refuge is not only there when seas are calm. Deeper refuge is there in all conditions and in all states of mind. And refuge doesn't only appear in forms which are familiar. Faced with an imminent choice to make, it may be of help to step back for a space, take a walk, step out of the intensity of circumstances, if only for a bathroom break. Maybe take time out and go away for a while, if that's possible. Some choices have an urgency about them, and I may ask, is this really urgent? Can it wait an hour, a day, a week? This delay may offer valuable perspective, allowing rough seas to calm. However, delay is not always possible and not always wise. What to do when it's time or past time to make the call, to push the send button, to tip the scale. How to leap beyond the fear of making a mistake or making the wrong decision. Whatever the choice in the end, how am I making it? How am I making an offering of my deciding? Doing the best I can. Opening as best I can to what is good to do to the best of my ability, acknowledging my humanity. 
And then, when all is said and done, how may I stand up straight in it? If I've left a mess, how may I best clean it up? Owning up to my ignorance or my avarice or my aversion, if it clarifies, how may I go on? All the Buddhas true of present, past, and future, they are all. Because upon great wisdom they rely. The perfect and most high enlightenment. Seeing the Buddha in all things is helped by looking for the Buddha in all things. This is the teaching in some Buddhist temples of thousands of Buddha images lining the temple walls. This means, look, Buddha is everywhere. When a choice is down to me, Deciding involves trusting my own Buddha nature. When a choice is shared, deciding involves also trusting the Buddha nature of others. In his talk, Shoji, Life and Death, Dogen says, when the Buddha does all and you follow this doing effortlessly and without worrying about it, you gain freedom from suffering and become yourself Buddha. Dogen's words are not pointing to a blind white-knuckled trust or a magical alchemy. They are pointing toward what happens naturally when we make it a habit to see clearly, moment after moment. The scripture of great wisdom points toward wisdom, the deepest wisdom of the heart that is beyond discriminative thought. Whenever our eyes are open and we are seeing clearly, when we are at one with that within us and within all things which is deeply wise, then the way forward is eased, for then, truly, the Buddha does all.
Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.